The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Okay, kiddos, gather around. We're going to share a little story with you today that I think you'll find to be inspiring and exciting and uh, educational. And boy, it's just a it's just a wonderful story about people that love each other. And the name of the book is In My Daddy's Belly, The Miracle of Male Birth. So gather around, kiddos, because this is a great story, and I'm excited to share it with you. But before I do, welcome back. This is Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Before I do, do you live uh, in the Greensboro, North Carolina area? Greensboro, North Carolina. It says nothing to do with in my daddy's belly. Au contraire. This is actually something that's really awesome. Uh, but only if you live in or around the Greensboro area, or maybe you're willing to drive a little bit uh, this coming Monday to see an awesome movie that's not going to be released in the theaters until October. But this is an early private screening of Ordinary Angels. That's the next movie from my friends John and Andy Irwin at the Kingdom Story Company. They did Jesus Revolution. That's their most recent one. And uh, this one stars... Uh, Hillary Swank and Alan Richson. Alan Richson, you would notice, uh, you would recognize him. He's this huge dude. He was on the Jack Reacher series that was on Netflix. It's a true story. The Kingdom Story guys, the Irwins only do true stories. Really, really powerful. Bring some tissues because you will probably shed a few tears. True story, really amazing, of this uh, woman played by Hillary Swank that as a hairdresser, has an alcohol problem, but then a, 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 this is a small town, local dad. His wife dies. His daughter's got uh, a really terrible disease and needs a liver transplant. And and this and she goes to work. That's why it's Ordinary Angel. She goes to work to try to raise money and help them out. That's just a, a miraculous story. So this coming Monday, August 14th at 6.30 p.m. at a local theater there in Greensboro, a private showing way early of this movie. And we want people to go to that Uh, If you're a pastor, if you have a decent reach, somebody that's going to get online and help spread the word about it. If you're interested in that, this coming Monday, 6.30 p.m. in Greensboro to see Ordinary Angels, do me a favor. Just shoot me an email and say, hey, Steve, I live near Greensboro. I'd love to go see this movie on Monday. Okay, cool. And then I'll send you a link so you can get your uh, tickets, two tickets per person. And uh, would love for you to see it. I saw it at home not that long ago. I've got a screening here in Raleigh coming up on Thursday. I'm doing another one later this month. Uh, And really, really just another great film by John and Andy Irwin. So if you're anywhere near the Greensboro area, just shoot me an email, Steve at the Steve Noble Show, Steve at the Steve Noble Show dot com. Right. Steve at the Steve Noble Show dot com. Send me an email Just say, hey, Steve, I'd love to go see Ordinary Angels on Monday and I'll send you a link. Okay, and you can go get your tickets. Uh, But then you can't go then throw that around on Social media, that's just for you. If you have a, a good friend, somebody else in the family, uh, ask me about that. But this isn't like mass, throw it all over the place. So Greensboro area, if you're there, 
this coming Monday, August 14th, 6.30 p.m. to go see Ordinary Angels. Just shoot me an email. Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. You will not be exposed to In My Daddy's Belly, the miracle of male birth, which just start and stop right there, right? So there was this trans man. That's a woman who likes to think she's a man. Mentally ill woman, essentially, uh, on the cover of Glamour UK. And uh, just pregnant as the day is long, not wearing a shirt, obviously had her uh, breasts removed. And that's the inspiration behind this book, the book titled In My Daddy's Belly. And I'm going to go somewhere with this for the rest of the show. Okay, I'm not going to just be talking about this book, but other things, including an incredible article by called The Remaking of America by Victor David Hansen. Uh, He's an incredible thinker and writer. So I'm going to get there. Okay, the book titled In My Daddy's Belly, The Miracle of Male Birth is said to be inspired by real life and, quote, follows the excitement and joy that two dads have for their anticipated arrival of their new baby. The author, Logan Brown, is a female who identifies as a man. According to Bigger Picture Books, an independent LGBTQ plus publishing house, and I would use that phrase lightly because if you actually go look at Bigger Picture Books, uh, they have two. (laughs) This one, which isn't even released yet, and another one. So to call it a publishing house is kind of like calling a little Lego box or a shoebox a house. It's not. <clears throat> the book is written, quote, written in a way that is accessible to children of all ages. That's the point. And easy to understand. Also the point. It gives some basic facts about transgender dads giving birth and celebrates the miracle of life with colorful, bold illustrations and a wholesome story with the message that it doesn't matter what your family looks like as long as you are loved. Isn't that interesting? Uh, hit the rewind button. Celebrates the miracle of life. What are the odds that just about everybody in this movement is pro-choice? So the next time you have uh, a conversation with a pro-choice person, ask them. Let's say that uh, Jim and Sandy's baby uh, is known to be transgender. Or homosexual. Would you be okay with them aborting said baby for that reason? And then watch them squirm. See what they do with that. Because on the one hand, they think it's okay for moms and consequently dads to hire somebody to eliminate the life of their child in utero. On the other hand, they're protective of all things LGBTQIA+. So what do you do in that little ethical conundrum? Interesting that they put it here in this article. Uh, although not yet released, the pink and blue cover of the book, which I put up on Facebook today, my personal page and my radio show page, uh, the cover of the book has been highlighted on Brown's Instagram. The cover features two, quote unquote, men, one of whom is wearing a shirt that reads, be kind, while the other is rubbing their very pregnant belly. The top right corner of the book reaffirms it's targeted at very young children, showing a drawing of a baby sucking its thumb. That would be a living baby who wasn't aborted. So there you go. There's that. And by the way, somebody on Facebook was like, quit promoting this stuff. I'm not promoting it. I'm raising awareness and warning parents. Okay. This is Romans 1 in all caps. All you got to do to understand the culture, where we're at today, where we've been going, where we'll continue to go until Jesus comes back. Romans chapter 1. That's it. Won't take you very long to read it. And you'll understand what's going on here. So when we come back, I have two school-related stories on this one. One local here at Wake County, another one national out of Florida. Uh, But before I get to that, because I'm going to come back to the school thing, I'm going to go through this, The Remaking of America by Victor David Hansen. 
10 upheavals that the left has successfully wrought. We'll be right back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Just wanted a little groove in music there for a second before I dive into this. Uh, just praise the Lord if you're watching on Facebook or Rumble. Uh, you heard uh, over the over the airwaves that uh, some good news for our oldest. So we praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and so uh, just wanted to have some chill music before I dive into the rest of the show, which is not chill, not fun, but the reality of where we're at, but not forever. Here, let me use my Joe Biden voice. It's not going to be like this forever. Okay, just remember that. Okay, bouncing off of this in my daddy's belly, the miracle of male birth, which if that actually did happen, would be uh, a satanic miracle, contrary to the laws of nature and nature's God, to quote our wacky founding fathers, right? So I'm going to I'm going to do this story, uh, the remaking of America, some highlights in here by Victor David Victor Davis Hansen. An American Greatness. This is from his website. Great thinker, great writer. And then I'm going to come back around to a couple of stories about schools, uh, which is uh, me nudging you to seriously consider if your kids or grandkids are in public school to pray and find a way out of there. Here in North Carolina, by the way, opportunity scholarships are going to be offered to everyone. This is coming up. And uh, this is going to be anywhere from like a, a, as low as like four grand up to like 7,500 that parents uh, for their child can can access the cash that's getting pushed into the system uh, that's feeding the public school system, which is the big problem and has been since the late 1800s as they've been reprogramming the nation. The remaking of America started in America's schoolrooms in the late 1800s. I'll get into this article in a second. So opportunity scholarship. So you could pull your kids and uh, you could send them to private school, private Christian school. You could homeschool. You could uh, you could have them take classes with me at Noble U, and uh, six seven thousand dollars per student can go a long way. Now, if you're a homeschool family here in North Carolina, opportunity scholarships you can get that money too, because once you get into high school, and if you're a homeschooler with high school age students, you know this. Uh, it starts to cost you some money two, three, four grand, depending on how many online classes you start. Your kids start taking classes outside of the home. My classes are like $490 a piece, by the way, stuff like that. And, you know, that adds up. That's real money for, for uh, families that are homeschooling. And some, it's no big deal, but most, that's a significant number. And opportunity scholarships. Get, if you can, in any way, shape, or form, get out of the public school system. And if you think you cannot do it, we can't homeschool. Uh, I, I work. My husband works. We both work. We can't do it. But we went through that. We went down that road. And God brought us through it. It wasn't easy. It was very difficult for a few years. God brought us through it. Uh, my wife had no great memories of, t- of uh, school from kindergarten all through college. Never liked it. But the Lord just put it on her heart. I followed after and homeschooled for 17, 18 years. Uh, you can do it. Maybe you can't by yourself, but you plus him, capital H, certainly can't. Okay, that's why I'm going to be ringing this bell today. Uh, And if you want more information about my classes, world history, U.S. history, civics, Christian ethics, just text, nice and easy, text the word truth, you know how to spell that, truth to 66866. So you're sending a message to 66866, and your message is one word, it's truth. So do that, 
and I'll get you some information. The remaking of America. Victor David Hansen. Davis Hansen, I always say that. We are in the midst of one of the most radical revolutions in American history. It is as far-reaching and dangerous as the turbulent years of the 1850s and 1860s. That's Civil War, by the way. Or the 1930s, when we get into um, the most significant federal government expansion in the history of the country, of course, the New Deal. Every aspect of American life and culture is under assault, including the very processes by which we govern ourselves and the manner in which we live. This should, you should, this should be like a collective, duh. Uh, the revolution began under the Obama administration. It was empowered by the bi-coastal wealth accrued from globalization and honed during the COVID lockdowns, quarantine-fed economic downturn, and the George Floyd riots and their aftermath, BLM, the summer of love. Here are the top 10 upheavals that the left has successfully wrought, according to Victor Davis Hanson, and I agree with him. First one, free expression. I'll put this link for the article up on Facebook and Rumble for the video, okay, for the show right now. I'll put it up there on the break. Free expression. In large swatches of American society, particularly the corporation, the media, the government, the public schools, and the university, it is suddenly dangerous to speak freely. That's where we get DEI, all that kind of mess. The government, in league with social media, I'm just reading parts of it, censors the news. We should know that by now. Twitter files, Facebook, YouTube, anyone? Liberal universities often first require McCarthy-era-type diversity statements for one to be hired. Commissars review syllabi to spot incorrect or improper speech or insufficient DEI zeal. Can't call them mothers and dads. They have to be called mothering units or parenting units, whatever. The left now seeks to modify the First Amendment and its empowerment of hate speech. Defined as most anything impeding the progressive project. The state and the universities properly issue word lists of approved vocabularies, right? Microaggressions. Got to avoid that. So that's the first one. Free speech. Uh, Absolutely. Free expression. Completely being redesigned. The next one. This should ring a bell. Talked about this a lot. The weaponization of justice. Administrations and their efforts to stock the Justice Department with supporters come and go. But in the last decade, the left has viewed the Department of Justice as a political extension of the party. Thank you, Barack Obama. Never in the U.S. history have the Department of Justice and sympathetic state and local prosecutors indicted a leading opposition candidate and likely nominee of one of the two major parties and at the beginning of a presidential campaign. Speaking of none other than Donald Trump, right? Given such asymmetry in the application of the laws, conservative or even apolitical Americans are apprehensive that any political prominence will draw the attention of government in effort to either indict or bankrupt them with legal expenses, which means people start to get scared. They get quiet. Perfect. The last four FBI directors have either admitted they lied under oath or preposterously under oath claimed ignorance or amnesia about events directly under their control, or they simply stonewalled subpoenas and testimonies about alleged FBI crimes. Slow walk it, right, Hunter? Wink, wink. The former CIA director admitted to lying twice under oath. The FBI hired social media corporations to suppress election cycle news deemed unhelpful to the left. For example, the FBI cut a check to Twitter for about $2 million. The agency, along with Democratic operatives, helped hatch the election cycle conspiracy of the 2015-2016 Russian collusion hoax. Trump was right. And the 2020 Russian disinformation laptop hoax. The FBI played a central role in many of the 2024 indictments. In other words, the FBI, along with the DOJ, has sought to warp three presidential elections in a row. Correct. 
the attack on the Supreme Court. This one's next. So we have that. We'll get into that. Some more details. The attack on the Supreme Court. The media democratic fusion. The destruction of common law. The erosion of the military. Sexes. And uh, last but not least, these two. Race, not class. And debt is a construct. <laughs> Tell that to your average American family. You know all that debt you're swimming in and your 21% interest rate on your credit card debt and all that stuff? That's just a construct. Don't worry about it. Modern monetary theory, we don't need to worry about the size of your debt. Don't worry about it. Of course, nobody can live like that except for the elite and the government. Last but not least, universities. Wow, what a mess. Thank you, Lord, that you're on top of it all. We'll be right back. What's with the chill music? Uh, well, it's kind of necessary, isn't it? <laughs> Every once in a while. Uh, when we're talking about the things we have to talk about. And yeah, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, for making talented musicians. Even if they're not singing to him, their musical talent can still uh, shows you the Imago Dei. It shows you the image of God. None of these successful musicians could do what they do if they weren't made in his image. So even though they might, uh, they might hate God. Anything done out of faith, not with faith, is a sin. It's sin for them. But when I listen to it, I go, I know where that talent came from. I know where it came from. And I can give the Lord his due. Okay, going through this uh, Victor Davis Hansen article, The Remaking of America. He's got 10 upheavals that the left had successfully wrought. We started off with free expression, the weaponization of justice. Uh, and now we're on the attack, of the, the attack on the Supreme Court. Once the court achieved a more or less predictable conservative majority, the left sought to diminish it in a variety of ways. It's called for packing the court with leftist jurists to create a new 15 justice bench. Right. They talked about that. The Senate minority leader. Remember when he did this? Uh, led a throng to the doors of the court threatening justice by, because they were getting in the way of him worshiping Molech, uh, the baby killing demonic force. Uh, that was Roe versus Wade. Uh, remember when he said this? This was Schumer. A henchman of the devil on this issue. Quote, you have released a whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, uh, some wackadoodle try, wanted to kill, I think, Kavanaugh. Remember when they were all outside their houses? Protesters now mob the homes of individual justices, hoping to intimidate them and alter their upcoming opinions. Why in the world do we not know who leaked that out of the Supreme Court? Uh, the deep state. The media routinely accuses conservative justices of improper or illegal behavior without worry about the emptiness of the charges. Right. Remember that? Go back in time. It's not the evidence that matters. It's the seriousness of the charge. That is not America. That, as a matter of fact, is Stalin. One of Stalin's right-hand guys, remember I say this often now, said, uh, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Welcome to the Department of Justice. The media democratic fusion. Victor Davis Hanson writes, if one were to listen during the last few years to NBC, ABC, CBS, NPR, PBS, MSNBC, or CNN, or read the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, or the Los Angeles Times, then one would have believed the following. A, Donald Trump worked with the Russians to throw and win the 2016 election. B, he was mentally incapacitated as president and should have been removed under the 25th Amendment. C, in 2020, his campaign once more worked with the Russians to create an exact replica of Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm-hmm. Told you. D, 
Trump, as chief conspirator, pre-planned a violent and armed insurrection that sought to storm and permanently occupy the government. <laughs> January 6th, right, perfect. E, for the last eight years, none of Trump's political opponents have ever destroyed subpoenaed evidence, conspired to hire foreign nationals to compile false and lured files on him to subvert his political campaigns, or use their political offices to help solicit foreign money for family lobbyists. Who in the world would ever do that? F, Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump is the first major candidate and politician who allegedly overvalued his realist assets to obtain a loan that he repaid. <laughs> G, he is the first losing presidential candidate or major politician to question an election result or to seek redress through government agencies to rectify the purported corruption of the balloting. Remember all the Democrats, not the least of which was Hillary Clinton? Uh, he, he's an illegitimate president. Why aren't any of them charged like with that stuff? Jack, that being Jack Smith. The next one, the destruction of common law by defunding the police in major cities and by showering leftist district attorney candidates with millions of dollars. Thank you, George Soros. In campaign funding, the left systematically eroded the laws we know it in our major cities. All too true. The left has redefined violent crime to such an extent that shoplifting is no longer actionable. Flash mobs that take over streets and swarm to loot stores are rarely, if ever, arrested. Hopefully that, uh, quote-unquote, influencer last week in new york who said hey meet me at times square or whatever and uh, i'm giving away some playstation fives which were almost impossible to get because of covid at least a thousand maybe two thousand utes get down there and the place goes nuts uh, i think they're arresting him i haven't seen the follow-up story but they said they were going to go after him they're going to go after him charge him with incitement uh and reckless endangerment not having a permit and then bill him for the whole stinking thing that's what common law would say Security officers who apprehended thieves or intervened to stop violence are more likely to be prosecuted than criminals themselves. Yep, the destruction of common law. We've seen that. Thank you to the BLM Summer of Love. The erosion of the military. Rarely has the American people pulled so little confidence in the U.S. military. It perceives the Pentagon mission largely one to greenlight social change through the rapidity of the chain of command. Not necessarily to maintain deterrence, much less to win all of its wars. Remember what Rush Limbaugh used to say, the purpose of the military? Break things and kill people. Now it's redefine men, redefine women, redefine marriage, redefine identity, redefine nature. Now that's what the military is all about. The uh, rainbow military, I guess. Sexes, the heterosexual male and female, marriage and the nuclear family are all to be suspect. There are three sexes or perhaps still more. What are you talking about, Victor? There's like 72. English language pronouns are inadequate to reflect sexual diversity. Right. Sex but not race is constructed. And thus a matter, not of biology, reality, but of individual choice, ideology. Oh, that sounds familiar. Ideology trumps reality, right? I say that all the time. Here's another one, race, not class. Racial, any of this is Victor Davis Hanson. I got to put the links up on Facebook Live and Rumble for you. Sorry about that. Racial inequality and lack of parity are due to whiteness. Oops, that's a problem because I'm quite white myself. Racial quotas, segregated dorms, graduations, workshops, and safe spaces are exempt from civil rights statutes, given they are necessary to achieve equity. Integration and assimilation are the opiates of the masses. Apartheid and segregation are misunderstood modalities, and thus, if enlightened, sometimes necessary corrective measures. How charming. Reparations are to supersede ineffective affirmative action. Yep. Last two. Debt is a construct. Try living this way, my friend. Modern monetary theory proved that annual deficits and national debt are just a state accounting challenge. 
So printing more money is an act that properly diminishes the value of existing capital improperly hoarded by parasitic profiteers, spreading the ensuing cash wealth to the more deserving and victimized as long overdue social justice. At any time, the national debt, Victor writes, can be deconstructed by renouncing usurious bond obligations. <laughs> say hello or goodbye to your pension. Say hello to my little friend. Say goodbye to your pensions there in places like Illinois. Appropriating private retirement accounts, that's the bail-in, or further inflating the currency if governments are committed enough to social justice. Yeah, they just tinker with the whole thing. Modern monetary theory, which is most liberals in D.C. and, and the whole Great Reset World Economic Forum people, modern monetary theory, they say the only it, debt doesn't matter. How much debt you, ha you have doesn't matter. Well, the only thing that matters is that you keep inflation under control. But as you print more money, inflation gets out of control because your dollars become worth less and eventually worthless. So that's a joke. Debt is a construct. Uh-huh. So is that 200-pound weight dangling over your head? That's just a construct. Don't worry. When it lands on you, you'll be fine. Last but not least, universities. Is it now heresy that universities should be places of disinterested inquiry and inductive investigation? By the way, that is called a liberal arts education. A liberal arts education just says, we're going to look at everything. We're going to put it all under microscope. We're going to compare and contrast. We're going to test. I'm not going to be anybody's fool. I'm going to be a critical thinker. That's what a liberal arts education used to be. Creates thinkers. But the elite don't want thinkers. They want workers. They want idiots. So in the late 1800s, they changed the whole educational system. We got rid of a Western civilization, largely Christian, paideia, our operating system. And we replaced it with socialism, cultural Marxism. Because what the elite want is stupid idiots to do their stupid jobs. That's what they want. They don't want your son or daughter, grandson or granddaughter, to be a critical thinker, to question those in authority over them, to question the government. We don't want that. We want you ignorant so we can manipulate you, use you. That's why universities, this is such a big deal. They can, pro they can properly instead become a valuable tool in ridding society of racist and sexist forces, platitudes about free speech and equality under the law, and the tyranny of private property, capitalist profiteering, and white male heterosexual Christian oppression. So now the universities, the liberal universities, are social crusaders. So there you go, Victor Davis Hanson, The Remaking of America. Exactly right. All at the same time, this is kind of funny. Now in the last segment, I'm going to get to these two stories about Florida. Judge roasts the teachers union. That sounds fun, doesn't it? And then right here in Raleigh, North Carolina, Wake County School Board passes a two-year ban on repeat book challenges. You'll love that one. Thanks, uh, Ms. Dillon, for writing that article. But set, set that aside. This is funny. Do angels exist? Over half of Americans say yes. Nearly 70% of adults in the U.S. believe in the existence of angels. Want to know how many of them believe in the existence of the devil? Does it matter if there's a difference? How many of them believe in angels versus the devil? Of course they believe in angels. Even 2% of atheists believe in angels, which makes no sense. But 60% of respondents believe in heaven, which is greater than the beliefs in the devil. 56% or hell, 58%. So a smaller percentage believes in the devil and in hell because they don't want that to be true. But angels helping me? Heaven rewarding me? That's all about me. I love that. There's no sense. There's no shock on that one. Do angels exist? Over half of Americans say yes. Interesting. Just threw that in there. When we come back, Judge Roast Teachers Union in Florida, but the Wake County School Board given over Romans 1 as usual. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Reminder, I said it at the beginning of the show for all of you, my friends, if you're there in the Greensboro area this coming Monday, Monday, August 14th, at a local theater, a private screening of Ordinary Angels, the next movie coming out from my buddies at the Kingdom Story Company, John and Andy Irwin. Their most recent movie was Jesus Revolution, which was awesome. Ordinary Angels, great true story. Hillary Swank's in there. Uh, the guy that played Jack Reacher on Netflix, who's actually a very good actor, a huge dude. You'd like, like this guy's a, like huge, but he's really good uh, in this movie as a father whose wife dies and his little daughter's got um, uh, just one chance to live. She needs to get a transplant. It's a true story. And Hillary Swank is a is a hairdresser in this small town. I think it's in Indiana, and she has struggles with drinking, and she just decides I'm going to help these people, and it's amazing what happens. And that's why it's called Ordinary Angels. I think this movie, it's not, it's not hey, take somebody to the movie and, and they'll become a Christian. Uh, no, that, that's not what these movies are for. This one can just edify you and challenge you. Like, like, can I be an ordinary angel in somebody else's life? Am I making a difference in somebody else's life? When I see somebody going through a tough time or a huge challenge or a big hill to climb, do I do anything to help? Or I pretty much just take care of people with my last name? And so it's not like this big evangelical movie, uh, but the book of Esther doesn't mention God not one time. But there's valuable lessons there, right? And there's a little bit of faith component uh, in Ordinary Angels, and, and it's, but it's a great movie. So if you're in the Greensboro area and want to go to that, you're going to have to go through, get to me first so I can get you a link so you can get your free tickets. Um, so just email me, steve at thestevenobleshow.com. I'll send you a link tonight. Steve at thestevenobleshow.com is my email. And I'll be happy to get, get you a link. If you're anywhere near the Greensboro area, uh, probably listening on Truth Radio. A couple of other, other uh, stations are near there. Uh, we thank God for all of you. Uh, again, this Monday, August 14th at 6.30 p.m., a chance to see Ordinary Angels. Doesn't release nationwide until October. So jump on it. Send me an email if you're in the Greensboro area. Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. Okay. Let's go to this one. Because uh, we're talking about education. Back to education. Two examples. Bigger one, smaller one, both important. Judge Roast Teachers Union. I love that. Hysterics over Florida curriculum transparency. This isn't the uh, slavery thing in Florida. Okay, this is something else. Florida's teachers unions have just gone 0 for 2 in their recent bid to stop Florida's groundbreaking education reforms. While Vice President Kamala Harris and teachers union boss Randy Weingarten unsuccessfully sought to smear the state's new social studies standards this past week, which were designed largely by African-Americans, by the way, the union suffered an even bigger circular defeat this summer over the state's new online curriculum transparency law, which is going to take me to the Wake County story here locally. Okay, earlier this year and whether you live here or not, these stories are super important. That's why I'm sharing them. Earlier this year, the state's teachers union, the Florida Education Association, filed to block the implementation, listen to this, of Florida's 2022 online curriculum transparency legislation, which requires each public school district to publish on its website in a searchable format prescribed by the department, a list of all instructional materials and a list of all materials maintained in the school library media center or required as part of a school or grade level reading list. Wow, how draconian, how, uh, how Hitler-esque that you would want that information. So you can see what these guys are trying to pour into your child's head and heart and spirit. So is that is that crazy idea? No, it's a good idea. Taking a page from its usual playbook, the union attempted to argue that implementation of the cur curriculum transparency legislation would be prohibitively costly, like they care about the budget all of a sudden. 
But as the administrative law judge hearing the case concluded this past month, the union's talking points amounted to little more than hot air and hysteria. Here's what the judge said. Ms. Barber, president of the teachers union, testified about the purported effects of the rules on teachers and media specialists, citing at a, as a cost the decision by the Manatee County School District to offer non-contracted hourly pay to media specialty specialists for them to complete work outside their normal work schedules, meaning if, the school, if your school's librarian can't get the stuff cataloged and, and put online in a searchable format, in her regular offers, hours, they're going to pay her extra to do it, okay? But as the judge pointed out, this facade was little more than a smokescreen that not even the union representative herself believed. Quote, in fact, in her deposition taken six days prior to the final hearing, Ms. Barber, this is the teacher's union, was unaware of any media specialist who had been paid non-contracted hours in order to comply with the rules. Ms. Barber's testimony at the final hearing in which she claimed to be aware of non-contracted hourly work is not credible, is rejected as unpersuasive, and was based largely on hearsay. Boom, take a hike. More broadly, the court recognized that school districts were already equipped to implement the online curriculum transparency legislation with minimal cost. Quote, most districts already had a computerized system in place for cataloging materials. Duh. Districts were not required to purchase any new system or software. And the cataloging requirement was flexible, i.e. reasonable. In short, the only real barrier stopping public schools from disclosing online what they are presenting to students is union opposition. Can you hear the hiss of the snake? Indeed, as the state's commissioner of education, Manny Diaz Jr. summarized, quote, it's sad to see the Florida Teachers Union waste their members' hard-earned money on a frivolous lawsuit to block parents from knowing what their children are reading in classrooms, which is exactly the point. They do not want you to know, mom, dad, grandma, granddad. They don't want you to know what they're pouring into your kid. They do not want you to know. Because they know most of us rational, fairly normal Americans, especially if you're a Christian, are not going to be happy with that filth. So they don't want you to know. Shh, keep it quiet. That's why if you show up and you're mad, they're going to call you a domestic terrorist. Under the legislation signed by Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida has taken the lead in advancing online curriculum transparency. Now it's up to the Sunshine State or others to build on this foundation and enact the provisions of the full Academic Transparency Act to ensure that all supplemental materials presented to students are disclosed to parents and the public online. Yes, amen. Okay, here locally, where they're not doing it well because our school board in Wake County is 7 to 2. Seven liberals, two rational, decent, conservative-thinking people. That would be Cheryl Caulfield and Wing Ng, who've both been in this studio when they were running for these positions. And shame on us, conservatives in Wake County, that we didn't take control of the school board when every, just about every stinking seat was up. It's never going to happen again. And we blew it. You blew it. I voted. Did you? Did you even know? Do you even care? My kids are out of school, Steve. Yeah, they're still your neighbors. Christian, how many neighbors do you have? Just uh, here, I'll be nice. Keep it to uh, North Carolina. How many neighbors do you have? That would be about 10 and a half million. Whether your kids are in the public school system or not, whether you have kids or not, does not get you off the hook for your responsibility to do what you can to be a blessing and a protection to other kids, other people's kids, kids that aren't yours, kids that you never, you'll never know. How did we mess that up? Because too many people didn't care and too many other people were just ignorant and don't understand the evil involved here. 
Wake County Public Schools Board of Education successfully passed a policy that will ban parents from re-challenging a book or books for a two-year period. The vote was 77 to 2, of course. Cheryl and Wing voted against the policy. Praise the Lord. Opponents say the policy essentially silences parents' complaints and is a violation of parental rights. It is, as well as some accusing the board of changing the rules to suit themselves and not those they serve. Meanwhile, supporters of the policy have defended it, claiming it will protect the district from having to do the work that comes with a consistent stream of book challenges. Yeah, our work versus our children's innocence or sanity or worldview. The policy sends a book challenge through a series of stages and committees that will arguably take months to complete. The fact that the policy takes up six pages to detail the journey of a single challenge says quite a lot. No kidding. Interesting, the policy only addresses parent-guardian challenges and says nothing about limiting challenges brought by students. The policy claims the materials can be removed, yet over the past two years, I'm not aware of any actual removals. This is uh, Ms. Dillon writing this article. If the committee determines that the challenge material is educational unsuitable, pervasively vulgar, that's leaving a lot of room there, huh? Or inappropriate to the age, maturity, or grade level of the students, the committee shall take appropriate action, including but not limited to removing the material from instructional use or modifying student access to the material. That's, none of them should have access. The books being challenged are not su subtle in their content and contain explicit sex scenes, pedophilia, and rape. And, and apparently seven members of the Wake County School Board don't have a particularly big problem with that. And if you bring one of those books up, but they somehow don't see that uh, they don't agree with you because you have a problem with rape and pedophilia and books in middle school and they disagree and therefore they leave the book on the shelf. You can't say anything about the same book for another two years. It gets into Al Gore's lockbox for two years. A number of books challenged in the past year depict young males engaging in gay sex, having characters engaging in drug use, contain pervasive vulgar language, masturbation scenes, as well as how-to tips, and at least two books brought before the board teach young children they can change their sex at will. Steve, you shouldn't say that stuff on Christian radio. Christian radio is about truth. I'm not going to hide this stuff from you. You need to hear the truth. Jesus preached the truth. People need to hear the truth. Despite the content being inappropriate enough to run afoul of the law to air on television, right, I couldn't read these books on the air, I'd get busted. Wake County Schools has consistently rejected parent challenges to those titles and keep, kept the books on the shelves for young children to access because they're puppies, they're chew toys of the devil. And the, most of them probably aren't saved and don't know. They don't understand. Yet they're making decisions because they're all about ideology. They're not about children. So maybe we'll see Senate Bill 49 here in North Carolina. North Carolina's parental rights will push back on this. But again, Cheryl, Caulfield, Wing Inc., God bless you. Thank you for standing. For all of us that voted for them, supported them, gave money to them, thank you. And for the other conservative candidates that would have booted this right out, we, did, we let them down. We let them down, which means we didn't care enough about our kids or our neighbor's kids or kids in general. You have to care. You have to engage. Apathy is simply not an option. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by The Truth Network.